Hi guys, thanks so much for listening to the Not The Top 20 betting show. We're sponsored by Black Type Bet, who will give you a £10 free football selection if you sign up to the site today using the offer code NTT20. That is, sign up to Black Type Bet today with the offer code NTT20. And when you make a football selection, you'll find a £10 free bet in the bet slip. You don't have to deposit. Just check it out. Have a go this weekend. See what you think. Let us know. Uh, we had a scoreboard winner last weekend. Well done to Joe, a Fulham fan. We will allow this just because we feel a bit bad for Joe and all Fulham fans. And we look forward. We, we want to we keep them sweet for next season, let's be honest. So Championship elect. Exactly. Um, Joe won scoreboard. Very impressive. There were quite a lot of nil-nils because of the conditions last week, but not many goals with over 4.5, uh, not many games rather, with over 4.5 goals. And that's what we're after, as you guys know. So tweet us your selections for this week. Just League One and League Two, but we're looking for a goal, a game that will be nil-nil and a game that will be over 4.5. Uh, clearly, it's still a bit early in the morning because I'm really stumbling over my words, George. But you're going to explain uh, and tease an exciting new competition that will run for the next week or two with Black Type. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know uh, about the League One relegation battle, then I suggest you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. Um, <laughs> it's absolutely extraordinary. 13 teams uh, in amongst it. You think it's only 13 now because Blackpool's off-field issues seem to have gone away now. And so the, any issues of a points redu- uh, deduction there seem to be long gone. So 13 teams separated by nine points. And in a similar way to how uh, a bookie a couple of years ago uh, tried to get everyone to, to win a million by predicting the Premier League table from 1 to 20 in the year that Leicester won it. So they did quite well there. <laughs> um, we are not going to ask you to do quite that much. And I'm afraid that £1 million is not our prize. Um, but if you keep an eye out on Twitter, um, on not the top 20s Twitter, at NTT20pod, and if you keep an eye out on Black Type's Twitter as well, uh, over the next 24 hours or so, you're going to see a competition there where we're going to get you to predict which four teams will be going down in League One and in which order and there is an unbelievable prize on offer I'm not going to give it away what the prize is but if you like the playoffs and you like live football <laughs> then this is one for you so uh, so keep an eye out on Twitter um, the, t- the T's and C's will be released on there pretty shortly yeah very much related to this was a tweet yesterday from Phil Webster who's a brilliant EFL analyst says there's 29 games between the bottom 12 in League One coming up. So genuinely 29 six-pointers during the final eight matches of the season. Five of Shrewsbury's last eight games are against teams within two points of them. So Shrewsbury going to have a big say in what happens. Strap yourselves in, says Phil, and that's what we're doing. So new competition. Uh, stay tuned to us at NTT20pod and at Black Type Bet. Um, for details on how to enter. My prediction is that no one will get them. That's uh, that's very Scrooge-like, but I'm throwing down the gauntlet. Do we get the tickets? Oh, sorry, uh, <laughs> if that happens. <laughs> um, we're also going to do a season bet today. Uh, obviously, absence of the championship this weekend, uh, absence of any championship football means that we are going to choose one outright. Is that what you'd, Would you still call it outright at this stage of the season? I think you can still call it anti-post. Uh, it's just a season bet, really. Mid-post. Yeah. Or almost late post. Near, near the post. Uh, we're going to do a season bet today. Um, the near post? <laughs> but otherwise, it's the usual selection. So a nap, uh, a, a pick in League One and League Two, BTTS and a long shot. George, what's your best bet ahead of this weekend? 
Uh, I thought we'd do the match in focus first, mate. Oh, yeah. Let's do the match in focus first. I don't know what, what's wrong with me. Should we, should we say disclaimer, just to people listening? We came in this morning, a little bit of equipment's missing, which means that this is a one-take pod. So we, <laughs> because of the, the different recording conditions, normally there we'd clip it out and, and move back. But this time, it's like one of those uh, films you see where they, they film it all in one take. This is one of those. So uh, <laughs> Someone's tried to sabotage us by stealing a very key piece of equipment. But we've adapted and we make sure that we're getting the betting show out nice and early on Thursday. Anyway, uh, match in focus, George. It's Wimbledon against Gillingham. Of course, two teams very much in and around this absurd relegation battle. Wimbledon, we thought, were dead and buried, but three wins in a row in the league and five in seven uh, have seen them move off the bottom entirely, still in the relegation zone, but off the bottom. And Gillingham themselves have, have, without necessarily having loads of points to show for it, it feels like they're in a, a pretty good spot as well. They've won three, drawn two, and lost three of their last eight but the, the, they've played Luton, Barnsley and Sunderland in that time. So they've got the, the three really tough games out of the way. So 11 points in Gillingham's last seven. Three wins were all 1-0s against Scunthorpe, Wickham and Oxford. But they also lost 1-0 to Bristol Rovers. So hard to gauge exactly where Gillingham are at this stage. Wimbledon are a really interesting one. Uh, where do you think uh, or how do you think this one's going to go? Yeah, another low, low margin one, I would say. Um, having seen Gillingham fairly recently, I was, I was pretty surprised not only to see them uh, concede a couple of goals against Luton, but you know, Luton do score at least two mainly at Kenilworth Road anyway. Um, but I was surprised that they managed to break Luton down twice uh, for the goals they did score. Tommy was obviously playing a crucial part in that. Um, they were a team who looked to me very well organised um, and that is a compliment rather than a bit of a backhanded um, negative comment because at this stage of the season that's so important. The, the, the signings that they made um, in January seem to have really improved them as well. And this is two teams in this relegation battle, this 13-team uh, fight. You could argue that these are the two teams who, who are currently trending in the, in the best direction, the two teams who at the moment of the 13 you'd probably say um, Results-wise, certainly. Um, You're trying so hard not to say momentum. I'm not. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd gladly, I gladly would. Uh, and AS Wimbledon's um, form, surprisingly to me, because they seem like a team a bit like Coventry who could suddenly catch fire in terms of, of scoring goals. But Wally Down seems to have really tightened them up at the back. Uh, they haven't conceded a goal in the last four games in the league. Um, in those four games, they've collected 10 points as well. So three wins to nil and a nil-nil draw at Shrewsbury. Um, Gillingham are very, very similar. Uh, they're a team who I think look to defend first um, and I think this is a game where they'll take a point. But having said that, whilst I wasn't a massive uh, fan of Eves uh, in the game that I saw, uh, he's obviously still a player at this level who, who, who brings a lot to the table. Um, it's, it's difficult knowing the mentality of both teams here. I think given AFC Wimbledon's momentum um, and, and the form they take into it, I think that they would be expecting three points, but at the same time not losing ground on Gillingham, not letting Gillingham get the win is also very, very important. And given the, the both teams' strength at the back and, and possible, I mean, with Gillingham certainly, I'd say a weakness in terms of creating chances, um, this could be quite a cagey affair. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. Uh, everything sort of trends to this being relatively low scoring. Uh, the, the, the Gillingham two all against Luton aside, both sides have, have well, have, have had very cagey affairs throughout the last few weeks. Uh, in terms of, of formations, for those who haven't seen these teams recently, uh, and key players, well, Wimbledon have really settled on a 3-5-2. It's pretty old school um, style 3-5-2, really. The three centre-backs, uh, the interesting 
part of the, the back five is that three of the players are Youth Academy products. So um, Callum Bailly, who's really come into the team recently and, and been very impressive. Sibic, the right wing back. And Nightingale, who's the captain. Uh, he's established himself this season, but is a, another Don's Youth Academy product. Hartigan at the base of midfield. He's a sort of bit of a sprayer, a bit of a deep line playmaker. He's also a youth product, really highly rated there. I believe he was EFL uh, Academy... Uh, academy player of the season last year for League One. Um, they've got Folivi and Piggott up front. Now, I call him Folively because he, he's, he's all movement, <laughs> uh, he's all pace, uh, and he really causes uh, headaches for the defender. The goal scorer, Piggott, he's really picked up the pace in this final furlong. And, uh, and a, 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 either side of Hartigan in midfield, Wordsworth and Wagstaff, these are the sort of established quality central midfielders who offer a goal threat. Um, all-round players, I think, and, and we saw them both play brilliantly in the FA Cup run. It feels like they've got it kind of sorted, which and it's a great time to have your style and system and personnel sorted. Oshilaja not even involved in the last six, seven, eight games. So um, really impressive. I genuinely believe they'll stay up now, Dons, as, as sure as you can be about anything um, in this League One relegation battle. As for Gillingham, they're playing a sort of diamond-type thing, so not a lot of wing play expected at Kings Meadow this weekend. Brandon Hanlon is, is the kind of the key for them in terms of shape. He can either play on the last man, looking for flick-ons from Eves, or he can drop deep and buzz around. Uh, he's got a bit of quality, but a skill on the ball. Eves is obviously the big target man. And we know, we've said all season, that when he's on form, pretty much unplayable at this level, but often will, for whatever reason, have a bit of a, a cold afternoon, throwing a bit of a stinker. So that is a big key for this. And in midfield, all players that can play, Parrot to Silva Lopez, burn. Um, it, it's going to be an interesting and probably quite clotted midfield battle. Uh, my personal pick here, George, given my positivity towards Dons and my uh, thinking about a lack of goals, is to pick Wimbledon and under 3.5 goals wow. at 9-5. to It's a real Marco Hare selection, that. Yeah, I think so. It's just under 2-1. to one. Uh, With that, I'll get Wimbledon winning 1-0, 2-0, 3-0 or 2-1. So four results that could go my way for this one. What's your selection? Yeah, I'm going to take a bit of, bit of a bigger price here. Um, I think these are two quite evenly matched teams who are, who are both playing fairly well with, with solid defences and, and the ability to probably get on the score sheet. So I'm going to go for a correct score pick and go for one all at five to one. Lovely. Like that a lot. Uh, what's your best bet uh, across, or aside from that game, across League One and League Two this weekend? So I'm also hitting a handicap line for my nap. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. I, um, MK Dons against Yeovil. MK Dons again flattering the uh, well the opposite really not getting the uh, points their performances deserve um, in the last couple of games we saw them go to Morecambe and get beaten 4-2 saw them batter Stevenage one all um, last time out before that they were on a, a run of uh, victories I thought would see them um, cement themselves in the top three I still think that's the likelihood here uh, whereas Yeovil absolutely desperate since that massive 3-2 uh, home win against against Morecambe. They've lost three on the bounce without scoring a goal. Their last away trip saw them go to Port Vale, a very you know a, a Port Vale team that aren't much to write home about and, mm. and get absolutely played off the park three 0 I think this could be any score. Um, I think that if if MK Dons, I mean MK Dons issue is is certainly their defence. I think they've got an attacking um, the the state of their attacking play is, is way way better than most teams in this league. Arguably, possibly the best um, with some better finishing. I mean, their, their attacking force is just is just basically too good for for Yeovil here. And and at four to nine, um, I think they are at the moment. Now, Blacktop have them one uh, two one. You know, there's not much. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and tip up a two to one shot. 
Um, but given their ability to create chances at will um, and given Yeovil's absolute desperate state that they're currently in at the moment, um, I think that MK Don's minus one at six to five is an absolute belter um, because uh, I think MK Don's will, will turn up here and win fairly comfortably. And if I look down the, the results on uh, Saturday afternoon and I see that it's been a one-goal victory, <laughs> I'll be pretty surprised. So getting odds against here for a team in which we're a match where there's just a massive golfing class um, is, is very, very good indeed. Yeah, my best bet, my nap comes from League Two as well, and it's Mansfield at home to crew. Uh, it, it seems like a fairly obvious one, and I don't think there's any shame in that. I'm surprised that this is even money. Uh, Mansfield, of course, very much part of the big four in League Two. We're in a position, as we are in the Championship, as we are in League One, where one very good team is going to miss out on automatic promotion. At the moment, Mansfield have the edge over MK Dons, thanks to goal difference. They've got the best defence in the league. Uh, they've conceded five fewer than the second best defence. So they're, they're just a strong team, another team that plays three central defenders and wing-backs, uh, and it's an incredibly physical, strong back line that they have, which, which helps them not to concede. They probably would have wanted to win that game against Lincoln earlier on in the week, having been ahead, having led that game. Uh, but as someone I spoke to the other day said, who, who works for a team in League Two, you just can never get far enough ahead of Lincoln because they always find a way to create a chance, uh, often from a penalty, as it was on Monday, uh, often from a set piece, often just from the pure quality that they have on the pitch. And in the end, that game was a draw. But Mansfield, uh, the atmosphere was excellent there. If they can recreate that for this game against Crewe, um, then they'll, they'll certainly go into it with a lot of confidence. They've won 12 of their 19 home games, got a very good home record. Uh, and this is obviously also to do with Crewe, who away from home have, have really been very poor. Uh, 19 games they've had, two wins, 11 defeats, um, and six draws. Uh, both of those wins were very narrow, 1-0 wins. So essentially at no stage this season have they gone away, bossed the game and, and put, put a team away. Uh, they've only scored 11 goals in their 11 games away from home. So very meagre return there and going to the strongest defence in the league, up front, Mansfield, probably still finding the best way to get Grant and CJ Hamilton and Tyler Walker uh, all, to, all to click, all to work, but the individual quality is certainly there. Uh, Walker hasn't scored in a while or since his return from suspension, and uh, I think this is going to be a good day for, for Tyler Walker, for George Grant. Um, I'm just surprised that this is even money. We said that at this stage of the season, betting on the top teams in the league is really difficult because of the prohibitive prices. Well, to get even money for Mansfield to beat Crew at home, uh, I'm taking that all day long. It's got my two points, which leaves us uh, to move up to League One to talk about our picks there. And we've got the same pick there. Well, yeah, I was just going to say before that, I mean, again, we are doing this in one take. So it's a bit like in, do you remember EastEnders used to do like the one take uh, episodes for Red Nose Day and everyone would laugh about their mistakes. Yeah. I've just realised that people are listening and thinking, have they finally at this stage of the season decided they're not going to read out their results from last week <laughs> and I, thought, finally, I maybe we could add it in after have they finally bottled it so I might just run through it now quickly it wasn't a great week for either of us again um, I got minus 3.9 having landed my nap of Sheffield Wednesday um, I must admit that when the Oxford Bradford uh, saga happened it wasn't until about two hours later that I realised that I actually scuppered my 12 to 5 um, match and focus tip which I wasn't bothered about at all um, you landed um, I landed no picks uh, two of my picks yes. were void including is, my yeah. so I don't think that counts as a um, you know as a well obviously it's not a loss but I'm no. still minus no no no, no but I'm saying it doesn't count as, a, as the clean sweep I wouldn't say 
I see what you mean. But you're still, you know, you're, yeah. you're searching here. I am searching. Um, so I'm minus 7.54 and you're minus 28.84. Anyway, so we move on to uh, League One and my League One pick is Luton at home to Doncaster. Uh, Doncaster are very quietly going about a very, very bad run indeed. Um, if you're looking at their league form, they haven't picked up a win uh, since uh, beating Southend um, at the beginning of February. So that is six games without a win. Their away form um, makes it even worse reading. They've lost uh, three of their last six. Uh, their last win came at the back end of December in the league, away at Gillingham. Um, and they've only pit, they've only scored one goal in the last three on the road. And Wouldn't two of, say they're slightly losing their shine. Two of, de- definitely. Although I still think that their home form could be good enough to to see them over the line in terms of the playoff and make them a force in that. Um, but trips to Shrewsbury and AS Wimbledon both uh, culminating in two 0 defeats is very very poor indeed. I'm assuming that if Luton hadn't drawn two all at home to Gillingham uh, last time we saw them, you'd be getting you wouldn't be getting the five to six that's currently on offer. And I think we can just draw a line through that. And maybe, as we've already mentioned on the podcast, just accept that Gillingham are, are, are possibly better than their league position at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at five to six, it's drifted out a bit. The, the, the early line had them uh, a fair bit shorter. Um, and I reckon it'll... Yeah, I mean, I think that five to six isn't going to hang around. So, so make the most of it. Yeah, I'm quite happy. Uh, it's, it's, my, it's, it's my selection as well. Um, I'm very happy to... You know, not overreact to a two-all draw at home to uh, Gillingham, in, in which Luton were ahead twice in the game. Um, a great header from Tom Eves got it back to one-one, only for them to go ahead again, and then a sensational free kick from 30 yards from Luke O'Neill uh, was the equaliser for Gillingham there. But I don't think anyone really needs reminding of Luton's home record in general this season: uh, 14 wins, five draws, no defeats. They've only conceded 14 in 19 games. Uh, and they've scored 46. So they are just simply uh, the most dominant team in the EFL at home. Uh, and, and as you say, Doncaster's away form. Uh, in the last four, they've drawn to Scunthorpe, lost to Shrewsbury, lost to Wimbledon, drawn with Blackpool. Um, I do think it's undeniable that they have slightly lost their shine. And I must be clear that I, I, I wouldn't be slamming anyone if that is the case. It, it's absolutely fair enough that over the course of a 46-game season, a team, especially a team like Donny, who have overperformed expectations. And yes, we got used to them being very good, uh, but let's not forget that you know this is still represents a sensational season. If they were to finish the season today, or even if they were to possibly drop into seventh or eighth in terms of pre-season expectations, I still think this would be considered a good season. So it's maybe not surprising that that uh, what can be probably called a surprise package. Uh, it's slightly slowing down as we get into March. Um, but that's not to say it's all over for them. I do think they'll struggle in this one at Kenilworth Road. So we're both picking Luton at, at five to six um, as our League One pick. So uh, both teams to score and long shot and the season bet to go. George, why don't we rattle through a BTTS pick? BTTS for me is Colchester against Tranmere at five to six. Uh, Colchester failed to score last time at home. Uh, when they were beaten 3-0 against Forest Green, but that was the only, only the second time they failed to score at home this season. And if you're looking at the five games before that, um, in the goals column, you've got 3-2, three, 3-1, three, three. Um, Of those games, though, despite that goal tally, they only won two of those games, uh, drawing 3-0 with Notts County, uh, losing 3-2 to Mansfield, um, and drawing 1-0 with, with Carlisle as well, um, showing that maybe despite their... You know their efforts in front of goal, the, the drop away in form isn't maybe that surprising given their 
um, shipping the goals at the back. Tranmere, on the other hand, are absolutely rampant at the moment. Um, it's been a fair while since they didn't win a game. It's been a fair while since they didn't score coming off the back of a 4-1 win against Grimsby as well. Um, their last away performance was a 1-0 win against Exeter. This is a team um, hitting their stride at the right time. Um, and given yeah, both teams' ability to score, Colchester's dodgy former uh, and the fact they're the home team, but they have you know dropped points scoring goals. Um, five to six looks like a cracking price for BTTS here. Yeah, I'm getting five to six myself for both teams to score. Yes, in Burton against Accrington in League One. Uh, I'm, I'm going to come at this from a, a slightly strange angle, but bear with me. Uh, yesterday, I was very lucky to get a spot at a course run by Statsbomb, which is the Introduction to Football Analytics course. I know that for many of you listening, uh, that would be something that you'd be very interested in. For some of you listening, that would be something that you're not very interested in. But there are all sorts of people uh, on the course, people who work uh, for teams, uh, a lot of people from the betting industry, as you might imagine, uh, and a couple of randoms like myself. So uh, it was a fantastic course, and Statsbomb, especially considering it was their first shot at this, their first ever um, uh, course like this, I was really impressed um, with both the tone, with the structure, and the, and the content. It was brilliant. Anyway, one of the great things about Statsbomb, which has made us more and more interested in them, is that they are a data provider. They collect their own data and they have very good and very uh, in-depth data for League One and League Two, which many data providers don't have. Um, and one of the best parts of the whole day was being able to play around with their IQ platform. Uh, this is what their clients, uh, clubs, would use, uh, and they can use it in a number of different ways for recruitment, of course, for opposition analysis, for their own team analysis, uh, for all sorts of things. Uh, it was great for me just to have a little poke around. One of the things that, that we were talking about was which teams press high uh, in, in all three leagues. Uh, Leeds, obviously, in the championship. Uh, Barnsley, of course, in League One. But also Burton, basically the team who, using the pressure metrics that Statsbomb have, are the team who, over the course of the season, press high, the second most in the division behind Barnsley, uh, which is maybe surprising uh, to casual followers of the league. But Burton playing with a real high press, high intensity in the opposition half this year. And what that has translated into is that they give up very few shots you know, relative to their league position especially, but also in, in, uh, in terms of league ranking. They don't give up very few shots. One of the things that we learned on the course, though, uh, and this translates across all leagues, not just in, in the EFL, is that teams who do press very high, such as Barnsley as well, such as someone like Berry in League Two, um, they do give up very few shots relative to the other teams in the league. But uh, in terms of XG per shot, uh, they are not performing very well. So the trade-off is we will restrict the opposition to seven, eight, nine shots per game on average, which is very low. But when we get the press wrong, because we've committed men high up the pitch, uh, there is a, a, a higher quality shot that we are conceding. So there's the danger there. And I, I kind of, I wanted to talk about that because it was really interesting, especially the fact that it was Burton, who I hadn't really considered to be a particularly high-pressing team. In terms of both teams to score in this game, Burton themselves have shown uh, a bit of a goal-scoring touch after a very dry period. They scored three at home to Blackpool last week. They are, you know, hovering just above this horrendous relegation battle, but they still need a few more points. Uh, Accrington very much within it. They're the team with games in hand, Accrington, uh, and they are 15th on 44 points. But if the data is to be believed, they might not dominate this game and they might not rack up a load of shots, but when Accrington do break the press, when they do play through it, 
uh, I believe that they will have a couple of high quality chances. So we're going we're gonna to ride on the stats bomb stuff uh, for this pick. BTTS, Burton and Accrington, yes, at five to six. Uh, what's your long shot, George? You won one of these the other week uh, and it would be very valuable to win another. What do Yeovil, Exeter oh, and Stevenage games. have in common? Sorry, start again. What <laughs> do Yeovil, Exeter and Stevenage all have in common? Yeovil, Exeter and Stevenage, they don't score many goals away from home. They've all been beaten 1-0 by Berry at home in the last uh, six games. <laughs> uh, the Berry have played away from home. Uh, Grimsby... Um, dis- Sorry, away from home or at home? When they've been home. So in Berry's last away games, okay. those results have, have occurred. Uh, Grimsby uh, have picked up enough points in that run, obviously, to see them well clear of any danger. But you feel like now the, the, the season is limping to an end. Yeah. Uh, last couple of home games, they failed to score. Um, in recent weeks, they've lost 2-0 at home to Macclesfield, 2-0 at home to Cambridge, 0-0 um, a draw uh, against Northampton. And just a bit before that, on New Year's Day, uh, they lost 1-0 at home to Mansfield. I still think that Michael Jolly has got this team playing uh, you know, pretty hard to break down at, at, at worst, effectively. And, and, and McKeown's obviously a keeper who is arguably one of the best in, in League Two. Um, Berry, given their, you know, the, the results I've read out, maybe struggle to break teams a little bit uh, on the road compared to their rampant home form as well. Um, so I think Berry are, are a massive price just to win this game. Um, but at uh, six to one, uh, my long shot is, is the old one nil win. Yeah, nice. Uh, in my constant search for redemption when it comes to long shots and I'm on one of the dry spells that you could possibly be on uh, I've landed on Forest Green and both teams to score so it's Port Vale against Forest Green at Port Vale at home uh, it's 5-1 to one for Forest Green to win this game and both teams to score I think there's a, a great clash of styles here if we look at the sort of teams that, uh, well, the sort of profiles of these teams, then in a very general sense, you've got a very technical Forest Green side um, with a lot of quality on the ball and a team that has struggled, a la maybe Brentford uh, in the championship, as an example, um, to to basically turn uh, dominating performances into wins um, through not taking their chances but also through some soft defending at times and, and allowing the opposition back into games. Having said that, the first part of this is Forest Green to win and I think everyone who listens to this knows that we do like Forest Green and we do like them away from home. They're the second best away team in League Two with the second most wins, the second most goals scored away with 32 in their 19 games. If it wasn't for Lincoln being so exceptional away from home then Forest Green would be top. Uh, and so they have been very impressive. Port Vale at home, much less so. Uh, They went nine home games without a win uh, before two very good wins in their last two against Mansfield and Yeovil. So that's given them a bit of breathing space. They really needed those points, and the pressure is slightly off Port Vale here. Um, I think that Forest Green will will struggle a little bit with what is quite a physical team. Uh, I think that Vale's style has changed a little under John Askey. They're not quite as launch it up to Pope uh, as perhaps they have been uh, before in the season he hasn't always been available which might be a reason for that but I do think they can cause Forest Green some problems but generally I would lean towards Forest Green having enough quality to beat Port Vale here Uh, I think there's a good chance of set piece goals in this game Um, also at the Stats 1 conference we had a a, a module sorry the course not conference we had a module on on set pieces and I was able to delve into some some pretty in-depth 
shot maps from set pieces and just noticed a little weakness in the Vale's, in Vale's defensive corners. So uh, I'm, I'm keeping an eye out uh, for how Forest Green get on in that sense. But obviously with the, with the physicality that Vale have, you'd think they might be able to cause Forest Green some problems as well. Uh, the, the, the conditions are good. I was worried about wind and rain, uh, but there shouldn't be too much of either of those things. Forest Green can play their game. I think they can win this game, uh, but I think Vale can scare them a little. So Forest Green and both teams to score at five to one. <laughs> For a second then I thought uh, Wind and Rain was a player I hadn't heard of. <laughs> the Wind and Rain, uh, it sounds like a golf tournament. Wind on, yeah. The Wind and Rain uh, Invitational. Just season bet to finish. This is to replace uh, our championship selection. Uh, we'll have to remember if these do come in to add them to our end of season totals. Yeah. Like, that's the t- sort of thing I can see myself forgetting to do. I won't, because um, I'm, I'm backing a 6-1 winner. So Go on then, what is it? Villa promotion. Um, Shock. And it's 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 fairly fairly greenish based. I mean, if if I have if well, now I I will be backing this today, um, and if he gets injured, I'll be finding any way I can to get out of it. Basically, um, since I mean, uh, let's just look at greenish. Can with- I just say quickly? Don't be afraid to say things that you've said before, because sometimes we do we go like, oh, we've already said this all before, but we forget that not everyone's listened to every minute of the pod, and your insight is always welcome. Cue, cue the old uh, faithful scrubbing about a minute now. Um, well, that's fair enough, but they but, listen to everything. I mean, so. so I think that he he's quite quite comfortably the best player in the championship. Um, you know, people will, will scream Pablo at me till they're blue in the face, but uh, who is a, a fantastic player, but um, nobody has the impact on their team uh, like the impact Jack Grealish has um, and if you still think he's a number 10 um, you know re- revisit uh, your opinions and, and have a look at what he actually does because the evidence is very stark in terms of, of Aston Villa with and without Grealish um, if you look at the 13 game spell where he was injured uh, they won just two if you're looking at the uh, 10 games either side of that 13 game spell they've won eight and drawn two um, it's you, you can talk about goals and assists all you like, but at the end of the day, if your if if, if your uh, impact on the pitch, if your influence on games is so patently obvious, then in my opinion, you could have naught goals and naught assists for a whole season, and it's totally and utterly irrelevant because he is something that makes a football team just completely different. Uh, we saw last year in the playoff final where, where Aston Villa didn't really turn up against Fulham he was still by far and away their, their best player I think he won eight or nine free kicks on the day which in a, in a playoff final in such a high margin game to be able to relinquish pressure like that is absolutely massive um, I don't think this is a very strong I don't think it's going to be a very strong championship um, playoffs this season I think there are a few sitting ducks in there I think if Middlesbrough uh, get in they're, they're certainly one of them I think that even if the Knights of Preston can, can punch their way in um, then, uh, then, then they're there to be taken in effect and, uh, and Derby another one who I would you know I, if it's Villa Derby in a semi-final or a final I'd, I mean I've, in my opinion that should be out five on for Villa <laughs> so um, yeah I mean his, his, if maintaining his, his, his form is important um, but the, the quality of player they have and, and the style of football they're playing now and the fact that they're, it's unlikely they're going to finish sixth so they should avoid Sheffield United, Leeds or Norwich in, in the semis which is important because um, they will probably I, it's tough to say how it would be priced up actually in a final between those guys but a six to one I mean I, I know that you agree with me and you're going to say why in a second 
Um, but they're a massive price to get in the playoffs. Um, like massive, massive price. So, uh, so I'm just going one further to, for all the glory. Yeah, nice. I, it got me thinking when you're talking about Grealish there. As someone, and there'll be many listening as well, who are into uh, American sports and especially the analytics side of that, there's something that we really miss uh, over here and it's because of the nature of our sport. But there's a great metric in basketball and baseball which is wins above replacement. And this is literally you know, your point about being valuable to your team, they can basically measure that in basketball uh, and in baseball. Now, for baseball, basically every action is a- is available as data, so it's it's much easier to do that. And it's even within the team, what you're doing is very individual, so that's easier in basketball because there's only five players on the court at any given time. Again, it's much easier to you know, there's much less noise around the place, so you can, in a much more simple way, work out how much better this certain player is than basically a league average player or a, an average replacement. And it would be so cool to be able to have that sort of thing. I'm sure people are working on it. And you would basically suspect that Grealish would be right at the top of that. And that's kind of what you're saying there. So um, uh, if anyone knows of any football research uh, on that sort of thing, then it'd be great to, to read about that. So do get in touch with us. Um, I, I don't disagree with you at all, which is why my seasonal bet is similar or rather that is one component of it. Uh, I'm I'm playing it a little bit safer. I do believe that Villa will reach the playoffs. I think there's still even money to do so. So I wanted to double that up with something to create a little double. And it's a Midlands double. Uh, So Villa to finish in the top six. Uh, And I'm afraid, Saddlers fans, I'm going for Walsall relegation. Now, I'm already making excuses myself here because I don't want to upset anyone. Uh, But it is a really miserable cliche, but I can genuinely make a case for all 13 teams in this relegation battle to stay up. And I'm sure I could make a a case for all of them to to go down. So uh, four of them will go down. I think Walsall, who are in there at the moment, just uh, in 21st place in the last playoff spot, they're playing Barnsley this weekend, and then it's Donny away. And I just think that those are two of the hardest fixtures you can have in this division. So in 10 days time we might be looking at them with only one or two or no more points than they have now and and they might have some ground to make up at that point they've got a lot of games against teams around them to finish Um, but I guess I looked back at the last we know they started the season so well also I guess I looked back at um, uh, various different time periods they've got the fewest points in the division over the last 25 league games in the last 20 league games the fewest points in the division in the last 15 league games and the third fewest in the last 10. So while there is a little bit of form that has started in the last 10 games, generally over 25, um, this has basically been the worst team in the division, so it doesn't give me much hope for them. Uh, anyway, they are also a little over even money uh, for relegation now. So the double is my pick. Uh, Walsall relegation, Aston Villa top six finish with black type. That's just over seven to two. I think it's 4.6 currently, uh, and that is my seasonal bet. So that's what we've got. Uh, just to recap my bets, George, because I haven't got yours listed down, so you can follow me. Uh, match in focus, I'm going with Wimbledon and under 3.5 goals. Uh, in League One, Luton. In League Two, Mansfield is my nap. Both teams to score, yes, in Burton versus Accrington. My long shot is Forest Green to beat Port Vale with both teams to score. And my season bet, uh, special bonus bet for this pod to replace the championship, is Villa to finish in the top six to make the playoffs. And Walsall to be relegated at just over seven to two. Yeah, a few Hail Marys for me, um, not deliberately. So uh, in the match and focus, one all draw between uh, AS Wimbledon and Gillingham. Uh, the nap is MK Dons minus one. 
the, the League One pick is Luton to win. Um, the long shot is is Barry to beat Grimsby away 1-0. And the season-long bet is Aston Villa, Jack Grealish's Aston Villa, to win promotion to the Premier League, uh, which will slightly break my heart because it means he might, might not get the move he deserves. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, at 6-1. to one. Get involved with Scoreboard, guys. Tweet us your selections. Keep an eye out for entry to the new competition, predicting the League One bottom four in order. Big prize available for that. And lastly, we don't do this that often, but a small apology. It's been a fairly hectic podcast. We forgot to talk about last week until about midway through. Um, that you know, it, It's not our most professional, that's for sure. But honestly, there was a point where we thought we didn't have the right kit and we weren't even going to be able to record. So that's our excuse. But it doesn't bode well for any live shows we'd ever do, does it? Um, hopefully we'd be a bit less hectic and a bit more prepared for those I think it would be class I, mean, I doubt we'll do a live show at 8.30 on a, on, a, on, a, on a Thursday morning so yeah and lastly thanks to those who replied to no our message about a, uh, about a meet up um, we'd like at some point before the end of the season to basically book a room in a pub and watch a game of EFL football or two uh, and talk about football and just get everyone in the same room and meet people and chat about the EFL and have a good time. So thanks for those who replied positively to that. Uh, please do send us a message if you'd like to be involved. When we pick a date, I'll make sure that I DM everyone who liked that original tweet and who replied to it um, just to make sure that we don't end up with absolutely no mates. Uh, anyway, that's it from us. Please stay tuned for Monday's podcast. It's going to be a cracker looking back at a big weekend in League One and League Two.